receptive. My ears are open, and I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit in this place. And Lord, I declare in Jesus' name that signs, miracles, and wonders are going to follow our lives as a result of your word. And I thank you for our faith being raised, for our spirits being strengthened. And most of all, I thank you for manifestation of promises in our lives. And if you believe that prayer with me, say amen. amen. And amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. In order for us to live the abundant life that Jesus died for us to have, our faith must always be in position to work. You can know you're supposed to have abundant life, but knowing that you're supposed to have abundant life is not enough to actually have abundant life. In other words, you can know that you have a flight that leaves at 8 o'clock p.m. You can have a ticket. You can even have a ride there. But until you arrive at the terminal, you will miss your flight. And most believers don't realize that they have insufficient faith in order to access God's promises. In other words, when it's time to cash in on the promises, a lot of times our faith comes back in SF. Non-sufficient faith. Well, my goal today is to show you how to increase the faith that's in your heart. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write down maintaining a faith-filled heart. Maintaining a faith-filled heart. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to find Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32. Hebrews 11, 32. And then we're going to look in Acts chapter 6, verses 1. That was Hebrews 11, verses 32. And then Acts chapter 6, verse 1. I've discovered that many believers are living beyond, be, below their privileges. And it's because the very faith that God has put on the inside of them in order for them to live an abundant life, most people don't know how to tap into that faith. The Bible says that God has given to every believer the measure of faith. In other words, we all have or receive the same amount. The unfortunate thing is, many of us, the, the amount of faith that we've been given, we're not using. So this morning, I'm going to show you how to use your faith to believe for God's best for your life. How many would like to receive God's best for your life? Amen. So in Hebrews chapter 11, it's going to lay the foundation that I believe is the best foundation for, for me starting the lesson. And that's this, that all of the promises of God must be obtained by faith. Everybody say, all the promises of God are obtained by faith. And what I mean by that, watch this now, faith is the currency for the kingdom of God. Just like it takes American money to buy American products, it takes faith to access the promises of God in our lives. And it shows that the principle for what I just said is in Hebrews 11.32. This is what it says. And what should I say the more? For the time would fail me to talk about Gideon and to talk about Barak and to talk about Samson and of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel and the prophets. And all of these people, it says, through faith they subdued kingdoms 
And through faith, they brought about or wrought righteousness. And watch what else happened. And through their faith, they obtained the what? They obtained the promises. In other words, when God makes a promise in his word, when he makes a promise to you by his spirit, that promise must be accessed by faith. And many believers have not learned how to access the promises of God through faith. And I'm going to say something that's going to shock you. Some of the reasons why some of you in this room haven't reached some promises of God for your life, it's because you haven't developed or used your faith. See, there, you're either in two, one or two situations. Either, uh, you know, because faith, the system of faith works in one or two ways. It's going to work through works. You know, faith without works is what? Okay, so my faith must work. And so I have to have some works. But then the other thing that we don't realize is that the system of faith also works with words. Now, watch this, though, because I'm about to show you what level of faith you and I have the ability to live at. Acts 6, look in verse 1. And this story is about a man named Stephen. It says, And in those days when the number of disciples was multiplied, and there arose a murmuring, complaining Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in daily administration. Then the twelve called the multitude of disciples unto them and said, It is not reason or it doesn't make sense that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Notice now what was happening. The disciples said, listen, it doesn't make sense for us to stop studying the word just to serve or, 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 or uh, you know, work at tables. And here's the thing. See, an old church mindset says that the pastor does all the work. The pastor should go to all the hospital visits. The pastor should go to all the homes. The pastor should baptize every person. The pastor should do all the baby dedications. The pastor should preach every message. Listen, if the pastor does all that, that's why the pastor is either tired or dead. But the scripture doesn't tell us that's what the pastor is supposed to do. The Bible says that the pastor's job is to equip the saints to do the work of ministry. So my job is not to do the work. My job is to train you to do the work. Look at your neighbor and say, I didn't know that. And look at him again and say, that's why he's going to have you doing the work. So they said, it doesn't make sense for us to leave the word of God and serve table. Look in verse 3. He says, look out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, who we may appoint over this business. Notice they call that business. Listen, until you can be faithful over God's business, why should God give you one? In other words, some people want to be entrepreneurs, but my thing is, are you busy doing the, the, the Lord's business? Because that's the way he sees it. He says, listen, we need some men to appoint over the Lord's business, verse 4. But we will give ourselves, notice what their job was, continually, say continually, continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. Let me just stop there because everybody said years ago. Years ago, when we first started Word of Truth Family Church, we started with 22 people. And uh, I'll never forget, I don't know how long I did it, but every Sunday I showed up to help set up and break down. I showed up just like everybody else. I came and I had on my, you know, work clothes and I would get up there early and we would set everything up. And then what I would have to do is go back home, change clothes, get ready, and then come back and preach. And I'll never forget I did that faithfully. And then one Sunday I showed up and my men said, Pastor, you don't need to do that. We got this. And I was like, y'all got it? They said, we got it. Well, it was very obvious 
after me, after I stopped setting up and breaking down, the quality of my messages went up. Because watch this now. God hasn't designed me to do the work. He's designed me to train you to do it. And so listen, notice they said their job was continual prayer and ministry of the word. And that's why, listen, this, it's almost impossible for you to come in this church and not be fed the word. You know why? Because the word that I teach you, it's not just something I make up. Listen, this is something that I study. It's something that I breathe. Amen. Just like some of, some of your friends, you know, they get high. That's what I do with that word. I breathe. The Bible says that God's word is God breathe. Amen. Verse 5. Some of y'all will get that when you get home. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen. Watch this now. And Stephen, read it with me, was a man. Come on, class. He was a man. He was a man full of faith. He was a man full of faith. Man, that's powerful. I wonder if someone wrote about our lives, I wonder would it say that we were full of faith or would it say that we were full of cussing? It said that he was full of faith. Now, when I grew up back in the day, you know, when we used to get drunk, we used to call it getting full. How many remember that? Anybody remember that? You are over 40. That's why you remember that. Now, we used to call it getting full. And what that means is what you were putting in you, you were putting in enough of it to intoxicate you. Well, Stephen was intoxicated with faith. He had so much faith in him that it consumed him to the point that, watch this, nothing else could get in. And my goal today is to pump enough faith inside of you that unbelief has to go. Amen. Now, turn your Bibles over to Matthew chapter 17. Go to Matthew 17. It said that Stephen was full of faith. That word full means abundantly supplied. That means he had an abundant supply of faith. I don't know about you, but man, if he had an abundant supply of faith, that means whatever God had for Stephen, Stephen got it. Remember, we read it where it says all the promises of God are received by faith. So now watch this. The difference between my desire and manifestation is faith. The only reason you don't have your husband is because you don't have faith for a husband. Oh, that's deep, isn't it? Now, some of you all are waiting on the Lord, and that's good because you need to because you've been waiting on Tyrone. See, this is the thing about waiting on the Lord. When you are truly waiting on the Lord, you shouldn't get tired. You should have more strength. The Bible says the joy of the Lord, or it says those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their... So I shouldn't be tired waiting on the Girl, I'm just waiting on the Lord. I'm waiting, I'm waiting. You meet me, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. No, no, no. I should have more strength at the end than when I started with. Amen. Well, Stephen had an abundant supply of faith. Now, I only have one point. Everybody say one point. I have one point for you today. And if you are a good class, hopefully I'll reach my one point. So here's the point if you want to write it down. And I'm going to, uh, 
I'm going to back the point up with some principle. But here's the point. Unbelief stops faith, but faith stops unbelief. Everybody say unbelief stops faith, but faith stops unbelief. Now watch this. Matthew chapter 17, look at verse 19. It says, then came the disciples to Jesus. Now let me explain what happened. There was a man who had a demon-possessed son. And the, the disciples couldn't cast this demon out of this boy. And so Jesus came around. Man, cast that demon out of that boy. And so the disciples pulled Jesus apart in verse 19. or Yeah, verse 19. And they said, why couldn't we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, the reason you couldn't cast him out is because of your what? Because of your unbelief. He said, the reason why you couldn't cast the demons out of that boy is because you have too much unbelief in your system. That tells me that maybe some of the reasons why I'm not seeing what God wants me to have, maybe I have too much unbelief in my system. He says, because of your unbelief. Then he says, because there's a remedy for unbelief. It's right here in the verse. He says, for verily I say unto you, if you have what? If you have faith. But watch this now. So the remedy of unbelief is to have faith. Everybody say, the remedy for unbelief is to have faith. So now, he not only tells us what stops us from getting the promises, and then he turns around and tells us what we need to do to get the promise, then he tells us, how to go about doing it. Because he says, if you have faith, watch this now, as the grain of a what? A mustard seed. Listen, I don't know if you've ever seen a mustard seed, but a mustard seed, if you take a pen, an ink pen, and you just dot it on a piece of paper, a mustard seed is probably smaller than that. So you mean to tell me that's all the faith that I need? He's saying that's all the faith they needed to cast that devil out? That's all the faith that you need to be able to speak to a mountain? Okay, so watch this up. So now he tells us how to have faith. He says, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, that's the description. Then he says, you shall what? Say unto the what? Mountain, be removed, and it shall remove, and nothing will be impossible. Which says that if I have faith, it will remove mountains, and nothing will be impossible. So how do I have faith? Watch this now. You have faith by what you say. I'm going to say it like this. If you have faith, you shall say. That's what Jesus was saying. So watch this. The manifestation of what I say will prove whether or not I'm walking by faith. Okay, I'm going to say it this way. The reason or the way I can know if faith is working in your heart and in your life is if you are saying something. Now, most of us, we're saying something. We're just not saying the right thing. Notice now, he says, if you have faith, you shall say unto the mountain. Now, this word unbelief, I looked it up because he said because of your unbelief is why they couldn't do that. The word unbelief means lack of faith. So now that's why my point is unbelief stops faith, but faith stops unbelief. So unbelief is just a lack of faith. So your heart, watch this now, does not have an unbelief problem. Your heart has a faith problem. And here's what a lot of people are doing. If you need uh, a Phillip head screwdriver to screw in the screw, but you're using a flathead and it's not working, you can't blame the tool. 
no, no. Oh, so it's not helping you to blame God for what he has not done when he's given you the right tool. You're just not using it. Now, he's given us faith. That's the tool. But we have to use our mouth, watch this, to screw in the screw. And most of us, we're not doing that. In other words, our heart has not an unbelief problem, but we have a faith problem. So how do we solve a faith problem? Notice now he says, if you have faith, you will say. In other words, God has designed the system of faith to work. It works with words, and that's why uh, it works. James said, you know, it says uh, faith without works is what? Okay, so I have to have some works behind my faith. And a lot of us don't have a problem necessarily with that one. But then he says, we just read that faith comes with words because watch this. Faith comes by hearing and hearing what? Okay, so that means when words are spoken, it, it produces faith. So it's up to me now to produce the faith from what's said. And many of us, we wait for the preacher to say it. I'm trying to get you to say it. Because you believe me, you believe you before you believe me. I mean, if I came up to you and said, and your name is John, and I said, hey, 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 Eric, how you doing? You're going to be like, my name's not Eric. And if I just kept calling you Eric, you would just be like, well, pastor, he said, <laughs> pastor has some problems today. You're not going to change your name just because I keep calling you the wrong one. In other words, you believe your name more than, I, than what I say. Well, when I can get you to say what God has said, you are going to believe what you say. Now, here's the thing. Most people know that faith without works is dead. But they rarely consider that faith without words is dead. God has to have words to work with in order for your faith to work. And the key to that verse is the word say. When Jesus said, listen, I'm going to read it again. He said, verily I say unto you, verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you shall say. Man, the key to that word is that three-letter word, say. Look at your neighbor and say, what are you saying? Now, you know what that word say means? It's powerful. Ask me what it means. It means to say. That's not complicated at all. It means to say. And if it means to say, why are we thinking instead of saying? Amen. God has designed our words to give us what we say and to produce faith in our hearts when we say them. Amen. Go to Hebrews 11, uh, Hebrews chapter 10. Go to Hebrews 10. Look at verse 23. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. God has designed our words to give us what we say and on top of that to produce faith in our hearts when we say them. And most of us, we are having what we say. You know, words are real powerful. Words will get you in a fight. You don't just fight without saying nothing. I mean, sometimes you do. But something had to have been signaled. Even if you don't say words, you had to be signaling something. You know, like throwing some fingers up, specifically the middle one. That can get you in a fight maybe without talking. But for the most part, you have to say something. You all agree with me on that? Words are designed, watch this now, 
to initiate manifestation. They're designed that way. God has made words. He set them up to obey whoever speaks them. Even the angels, the Bible says, they hearken to the voice of God's word. See, some of us, we have unemployed our angels. Do you know the Bible says that the angels of God are encamped around those who believe him and who trust him? Well, you got angels all around you, but most of them are unemployed because you're not giving them nothing to do. Some of the stuff you're saying, your angel can't go do that. Lord, I wish Tyrone was dead. Well, they're not going to go kill Tyrone for you. Notice Hebrews 10.23. It says, let us. Look at your neighbor and say he's talking to you right now. Let us hold fast. Let us get a grip and not let go of our faith without wavering. Why? Because he is faithful that promise. That word profession is the word confession. So he's saying let us hold fast to the confession of our faith. Which says that if you are walking by faith, you should be saying something in your life. And most of us have faith for the negative because that's what we're confessing. You, get, you got paid Friday. Well, I don't even know, girl, that money gone already. Well, hey, 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 hey. You in the middle of a divorce and my ex-wife, she going to get everything. Well, just be prepared to be broke, man. <laughs> just, just go on and prepare yourself. Jesus said, you will have whatsoever you say. This verse says, let us hold fast to the profession. That word profession, watch this now. This is so good. It means to confess, to agree to something, and it also means to confirm the receipt of a thing. So he's saying right here, let us hold fast to the profession. Or watch this. Let us hold fast because it confirms the receipt of something. When I begin to confess the word, we, you have to understand that our confession is a sign that our faith is at work. So now when I begin to use, open up my mouth and begin to say what God says, I come into agreement with what God says. And now, watch this, the faith behind those words begin to show up. And whatever needs to be changed in the natural, God will change with that word. Because watch this, he watches over his word to perform it. So when we speak God's word, he's watching the word to make sure that whatever I just said comes to pass. But most of us, we don't hold fast to what God has said. What that means is we don't let go. Many of us let go. You say, Pastor, I, I tried that confessing thing. I said it five times. Well, you cuss five times too. Which one is going to work? No, no. Hold fast. Everybody say hold fast. Hold fast to the confession of your faith. Without wavering. So when we confess the word, watch this, we are confirming the receipt of what God has promised. Because let me tell you something. If you really have faith, you can say God did it when you haven't seen that he done it. See, what we don't realize is that God is not a man that he should lie. If I look at the track record of God in my life, all I have to do is look and see what he did before and know he's going to do it again. Do you really think God has lost power? 
So the last thing that he did that you know he did in your life, what makes you think he can't do that again and more? So then why can't I, by faith, thank him in advance for doing something that I've asked him to do, that I've seen him do before, why not just trust him to do it again? So now instead of having a pity party, I really need to have a praise party. Because I'm praising him, watch this, in advance for him doing something I've already seen him do before. And even if I didn't see him do it before, his word says he will. So, how do we fill our hearts up with faith? Because, see, your heart is the spiritual container for your life. See, that's why the enemy wants you to get, keep your heart cluttered with unbelief and doubt and anger and bitterness and resentment. He wants all that to stay in there because if that stuff stays in there, faith can't stay where that stuff is. And so, he wants to keep you mad. Well... If I will just put words of faith in my heart, then whatever's in my heart, if I put enough in there, it's got to come out. The word is like Drano. I don't care how clogged up your spiritual life is. If you will pour the Drano of God's word in your spiritual heart, it will unclutter all that mess that's in there. I know you're trying to stop being mad. No, no. Stop trying to stop being mad and just put that word in there. And watch this. When you got that word in you, it, that word make it hard for you to be mad. Amen. When you're at work, you got to put up the shield of faith. Because the Bible says it quenches all, not some, but all the fiery darts. And see, the devil knows how to throw those darts. He know you. People be like, I don't, boy, you know, I, I know some people, they are in perpetual relationships. I'm talking about single people. How many singles in the house? Let me see your hand. Yeah, perpetual relationships. You can't, you ain't been, look, you can't be by yourself for nothing. You know, I, I'm like Big Mama. Y'all ever seen the, the, the movie Big Mama? And she says, I'd rather be by myself for a lifetime then to spend all to spend the rest of my life with bad company. How many have seen the movie? Okay, let me tell you that in a Bible verse. It says, you know, uh, bad communication corrupts good manners. Basically, what that's saying is, if you hang around bad people, it can mess up your manners. Well, some of y'all are just dating Tom, Harry, <laughs> Sally, Bob. Ain't you tired of dating the wrong man? Mm-hmm. Everybody say, mm-hmm. Yeah, you ought to be tired. They that wait upon the Lord. Let me tell you what to do when the wrong person comes up against you. You say, well, Pastor, how do I know it's the wrong person? Well, you just got out of a relationship five minutes ago, so you know it's the wrong person. <laughs> let, me, let me show you how to treat, how to treat the wrong person that... that, that you know, comes up on you. Hey. How you doing? You know, that's, that's, that's the sexy line. Hey, how you doing? Well, in some of y'all's case, how you doing? <laughs> Man or female, I don't know. You can entertain that and go, oh, I'm fine. And you know, you really want to have them to keep talking? No, you don't, you don't want them to keep talking. 
So what you need to do is when they say, hey, how you doing? I'm fine. God is good. And I'll see you at church Sunday. <laughs> Until you have the faith to resist the wrong one, God doesn't have the faith to send you the right one. Touch your neighbor and say, that was for you right there. How do we fill our hearts with faith? Here we go. So <clears throat> this glass represents our hearts. And this is what most believers' hearts looks like on Sunday. They ain't read no word, ain't heard no word, don't know no word. <laughs> so then y'all come to church on a Sunday. <clears throat> Pastor Evan preached that word. You get some of that word in you. Praise God, I got some word in me. And so now you got to go to work on Monday. And now you work right next to Beelzebub. <laughs> They're getting on your last nerve last week. You walk in and they are getting, and now, I mean, they are acting like the devil. They sound like the devil. They look like the devil. They even smell like the devil. And so what you got to do, you got to use the word that I'm giving you and you got to put up the shield of faith. So you put up the shield of faith and you said, Father, I thank you. You said in your word, love covers a multitude of sin. You said, Father, to love those who hate me, do good to those who treat me wrong. And so, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you that I'm going to love them with the love of Jesus Christ. Well, you just used some of that word. Now you down. You get home, teenage son. You told him to clean the house before, before you got home. You get in there, the house looks worse than when you left it. <laughs> what? And see, the old you would cuss him out. But you heard Pastor Eben's sermon on Sunday. I got to use my faith. So you put the shield of faith up and you start confessing the word. Father, I thank you. You said in your word, let no corrupt communication proceed out of my mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. And so, Lord, I thank you that I love my son, but in Jesus' name, he's going to clean this house up. <laughs> you done used some of that word. It's almost gone, and it ain't even Tuesday. <laughs> Your word, gone. I mean, it is sucked up. You have no more word. And so, in order for us to maintain, say maintain. For you to maintain a heart full of faith. Watch this now. How does faith come, class? It comes by hearing. And hearing what? Okay, so watch this now. You can listen to the Bible if you want to, and that's a good way. But the only way, watch this now, to meditate in the Word day and night, you have to all day be depositing words of faith in your heart with your own mouth. So now, you run across, you, you start putting that word in, and uh, you say, Lord, I, I thank you. You know, a bill comes in the mail, and you say, Father, I, I thank you. You said, when I give, it shall be given back to me. You said that I will have all sufficiency in all things because I am a giver. You said the windows of heaven are open, and it's pouring me out blessings. You said I'm the head and not the tail. You said you would meet all of my needs according to your original glory by Christ Jesus. And so what's happening, you're putting that word inside. Then a situation pops up, and uh, uh, they, 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 there's a job opening on your job. 
And so instead of saying, well, you know, they they looking for seniority. I don't think they like me anyway. No, no, no. That's not what you're going to say. See, because see, when you be doing, being negative, this is what happened. You're just pouring that water out. You just pour, Faith is leaving. When you talk negative, faith is leaving. It's gone. Some of y'all, that's how you talk. You just, look, your cup is walking around like this. Girl, how you doing today? My leg, girl, you know my leg is hurting. My leg, you know, I've been praying. I woke up this morning, my leg was hurting. Man, how you doing? Man, I tell you what, this migraine is killing me, man. I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, uh, uh, listen, uh, uh, man, how's your family? Girl, my, my, my husband, he just, he is the devil incarnate, girl, I'm telling you. Listen, call those things that be not as though they were. So I'm not going to talk about what I see. I'm going to talk about what I want to see. Girl, my husband, he loves me like Christ loves the church. I love my wife as the weaker vessel. Lord, I thank you. You said when I, when I obey you, you will cause even my enemies to be at peace with me. I mean, you're putting that word in. So watch this. When the word gets in there, watch this now. Can't nothing else go in there. Watch this now. So now I continue to say what God's word says. Watch this now. And what happens now is my faith begins to overflow. Well, God doesn't respond to cries, tears, belly aching, complaining. That ain't what he responds to. You know what God responds to? When he sees faith overflowing in my life, he's got to do what I want him to do because faith demands it so. Go to Mark 11. We'll close right here. Go to Mark 11. Go to Mark 11. Mark 11 says this. Jesus said in verse 23, Verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say to the mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he say, 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 shall come to pass, shall come to pass. He will have what he says. What are you saying? That says if I say these promises long enough, these promises are going to come. You know how I got married at 29? Because I confessed it. Lord, I think I'm going to be married before I'm 30. And see, I just heard somebody say, well, what if it don't happen? Well, what if it does? See, I'd rather say it than to sit up there and just wonder if it would ever work. Girl, I don't know why you're saying that. Because my mama, she was believing for her bow ass. And her bow ass never came. Well, I ain't your mama. <laughs> Amen. You fill your heart up with that word? How do you do it? Let me show you. I'm going to give you a confession. Let me, let me just give you a, a good idea of what a confession ought to sound like throughout the day. Father, I thank you for your word, which is true. And I believe your word. And according to your word, I declare that you grant me the desires of my heart at all times. I believe that the windows of heaven are open and the blessings of the Lord that make me rich and add no sorrow are flooding my life right now. Thank you that the devourer has been rebuked so that nothing you have blessed me with he can even touch. 
Because I'm a giver, Lord, I have all sufficiency in all things. I have more than enough at all times. And every one of my needs are met according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Lord, I thank you and I declare that every word that I speak comes to pass and that I'm, a, I'm blessed to be a blessing because I'm a child of God. Everything my hand touches prospers and you are working every situation together for my good. I walk in favor with God and man every day and no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And Lord, I declare and I decree that my family is blessed, my children are blessed. See, this is what you say. Let me tell you how you can, what can trigger you to say this. Negative thoughts. When a negative thought comes to say, girl, you're going to be broke the rest of your life. You need to trigger that and say, Father, thank you that I'm blessed. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed going in and I'm blessed coming out. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed at home. Everything that I do is blessed. You got to let that come out of your mouth. And see, some of y'all need to do an enema. Because you're blocked up. Everything that's coming out is negative. So you got to pour this word and you got to pour that word. Drink that word. Listen, drink it. Lord, I, uh, when, you, when your doctor sends you a, a doctor notice and said, uh, you have cancer, Father, I thank you that I'm healed. I'm healed from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. You say, lay hands on the six, the six shall recover. Thank you, Lord. My pastor lay hands on me, and I'm recovered in Jesus' name. You say, well, pastor, you're just drinking water up there on that stage. When I get home, the problems are real. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I've been having y'all say a doggone confession for the last five, six, seven, eight years. Y'all y'all come in, y'all do it. Lord, thank you that uh, I'm a giver and uh, we're 100% tithing church. You just sit up there and you just doing what I tell you to do. You know what I'm doing? I'm producing momentum. How do you think we just been granted a $6 million loan and uh, nobody, no bank wanted to do it? God don't need a bank. He just needs your mouth. So I've been having y'all do my work for me. Y'all just, <laughs> I just have y'all confessing for me, getting y'all in line. But I still be behind the scene. I be confessing. See, some of y'all wouldn't even have increase if I wouldn't be confessing over your life. Because I be confessing, y'all. I be, Lord, bless them in Jesus' name. Bless them with raises and promotions. And, Lord, when they get it, I thank you that they're going to obey you by giving. Because if it was up to some of y'all's mouth, y'all wouldn't, wouldn't even own a bicycle. You got to open your mouth and declare the works of the Lord. So today, how do you maintain a, a faithful heart? Confess that word with your mouth. What else can get in there? So when doubt tries to get in, it can't. When unbelief tries to get in, it can't. How much space do you have in your heart for the enemy to work with? Every head bow right there. Every head bow. Hallelujah.
head bowed. Hallelujah. There are some prophetic words that some of you all have received before you got to this church. And you've forgotten about those prophetic words. In fact, you've given up on them. When the time that those prophetic words were given, it registered in your heart that it was true. God is telling me to tell you, don't let go. Just like Paul told Timothy, he says, stir up the gift of God that's been imparted on you by the laying on of hands. He's saying, don't give up on that prophetic word because I haven't. And Father, I pray in Jesus' name that today this church will begin to pour the word on the inside of their hearts. That we will have not lunch breaks, but we will have word breaks. That we will speak the word, say the word, mutter the word, think about the word. And Lord, I thank you that the word that we decree will be the word that we seek. And I thank you for it now in Jesus' name. With every head still bowed. If you're here today, you say, Pastor Evan, 